And in this episode of Barrels and Barrels, episode 40, we're talking Peerless, small batch bourbon whiskey. Also breaking down what's going on in the AL West, Shohei Otani's injury, Clayton Kershaw making history, as do the Phillies. And what's going on in those wild cards, as well as with the Brewers, Phillies, as well as the Cubs. We'll talk that and more in Barrels and Barrels, episode 40, coming up. This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast with your hosts, Brandon Spinner and Michael Burns. And welcome into Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. I am Brennan. That's Michael. We talk bourbon. We talk baseball. We like to say we talk high proof and high heat here at Barrels and Barrels. Michael Burns, happy Wednesday, almost to the end of August. How are you doing on this fine day of Wednesday, August the 30th? I'm doing pretty good, Brandon. Uh, I'm enjoying the cooler weather. The uh, popsicles yes. don't melt as fast. And uh, <laughs> I'm excited to be planning out uh, next week. Yeah, next week we've got some special stuff coming up, and we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. So don't forget to stay tuned and stay tuned to us on YouTube. But this episode is brought to you by Whiskey Towers this week. If you haven't seen Whiskey Towers, you need to go check out their website. Really cool. Uh, it's a tower of whiskey that you put your bottles in. we got a picture of it right here on YouTube. And if you use promo code, in all caps, WHISKEYWEATHER, that'll get you 10% off that purchase again whiskey weather all one word all in caps that gets you 10 percent off your order you can go check out my whiskey weather instagram page for what one of these actually looks like and one of them in real action because it's one of the coolest things i now own and uh they're really sweet that's the, i mean that's what you absolutely have to put your everyday players in that's where you yes. put, easy, easily pull from i mean that's pretty that's pretty awesome yeah, it is awesome, and uh, I'm happy to have them aboard. So again, WhiskeyTowers.com, use promo code, all caps, WhiskeyWeather. This is episode 40, and if you're a new listener, we start our episodes with the number jersey of our episode, and who was the best player to ever wear that jersey. So this week, it's episode 40, so Michael Burns, uh, I think episode 40 and jersey number 40, there's going to be some hot debate, I think, with this one. You think so? I, I'm looking at it, I think there's... Two, two players in this, but I think okay. the one stands out. Is he round? Oh, he's absolutely round, and he hits dingers. <laughs> he, no, 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 no. He doesn't hit dingers. He, he hit dinger. Solo, solo, solo dinger. Only one. He, he hits. He hit dinger and eats zingers. He, he ate several singers and probably drank lots of beer. And if you haven't picked up on who we're talking about yet, that's Bartolo Colon. Him and Rick Honeycutt are the two who wore it for the longest tenured time. 19 years for both him and Bartolo. Uh, and uh, Madison Bumgarner is one of the right. others that I think that I would include in there. I had Rick Honeycutt in there, but he's at 21.6 war in his career. Bartolo's at 46.2. A couple other names I want to throw in there. Rick Sutcliffe. And Frank Tanana. Uh, now, Frank has the most war, I believe, of any player who wore the number, but I don't think he wore it for as long uh, as anybody else. He wore it for eight seasons, but I think he had a no-hitter. I could be wrong at that. That may be Rick Wise who had the no-hitter. Um, but Tanana, uh, of players who wore it nine years or more, he's got 57.1 with California. I'm guessing that's how you say his name, Tanana. 
like banana, but tanana, maybe it's tanana, tanana. I don't know. Played in the seventies, way before our age. Yeah, I, I, Bartolo definitely had worn the number for the longest and has the most war. But you could argue that guys like Bumgarner or Sutcliffe wore it for less for for a long time. Wore it for less, and their their war per year was higher. And that's where I was going at with the war per year because Rick Sutcliffe won a Cy Young in that jersey with the Cubs back in 1984, and he was a f- number four in the MVP vote. He wasn't just like in the Cy Young candidate. When he came over, he won the NL Cy Young for the Cubs after pitching only for half the season or two-thirds of the season because he got traded over from Cleveland that year. So he mm-hmm. still won the Cy Young for best pitcher in the National League, and he pitched only – what was it? Uh, looks like 20 games in the NL that year where there were multiple pitchers who pitched more near 30, 35. And still won Cy Young. And still won Cy Young and was fourth in MVP in the NL. That's how good he was. He was, he was 16 and one with the Cubs that year with a two, two, eight ERA in 150.1 innings. He had seven complete games and three complete game shutouts. That's ridiculous. Rick Sutcliffe, our guy, 155 Ks in 150 innings. So he's got a Cy Young in it. Uh, I don't think Bartolo – did Bartolo ever win a Cy Young? He, he won did win a one Cy Young. Cy Young, one Cy Young. Otherwise, it's pretty scattered. He doesn't have many all-star appearances. No. Um, and that's why I was leaning away from him, just because it's the longevity game. It would be a funny story to use Bartolo. <laughs> But I mean, Rick Honeycutt, 20, 19 years. So nearly 20 years. He, I more so know him as the pitching coach for the Dodgers for all those years. Right. Um, the lefty pitcher, he had 109 wins, 143 losses. So I'm tossing him out of there. Uh, but Bartolo, Madison Baumgartner though. I mean, he never won a Cy Young, but he's a four time all-star. He's finished in the top 10 in Cy Young four times. Um, if you look at his playoff experience and performance, he's NLS MVP, three-time World Series champion, a World Series MVP. So that's where I play into him. His last couple of years haven't been great, and he's had a minus seven, a point seven WAR this year, which kind of takes away from his overall performance in numbers. Uh, Since he I'm left between... the Giants, he hasn't really been the same. Yeah, yeah, he signed that big contract with the Diamondbacks, and I don't believe 2020 he pitched 41.2 innings. He, I guess, he pitched a lot more in 2021 and 2022 than I thought. He just didn't pitch well. Right. I think he has an ERA with the Diamondbacks of a 5.17. With the Giants, it was a 3.32, and he had 119 wins to 92 losses. As far as Sutcliffe, um, with the Cubs, 82 and 65 with an ERA. Uh, and a FIP of 3.6, so that's that's great. An ERA of 3.74, I'd Did say I that's good. What's Bartolo's numbers? Rick Honeycutt, you're t- you're, so you're thinking for for Rick Sutcliffe. I clicked on Honeycutt, and I'm like, Honeycutt has, like, no awards. I was looking for that Cy Young award. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think any of them really. I guess this is more of a conversation. I thought Bartolo. I thought Bartolo had some more accolades to his name. Yeah. But I think he was just an innings eater so much. He was a longevity guy. 
Right. It it was more so that he pitched for a hundred years and weighed three hundred pounds and was not the athlete. He won a Cy Young in '05 with the Angels. Um, like Tanana has three All Stars, finished in the top ten in Cy Young a few times. This may I'm, be the homer in me. It's to me, it's either Rick Sutcliffe or Madison Bumgarner. Uh, Rick Sutcliffe has accolades to his name. Bumgarner never won that Cy Young. I feel like you'd that propels Sutcliffe above Bum, Bumgarner one level. Yeah, the the so I'm taking the Cy Young that Sutcliffe had and the World Series MVP of Bumgarner and kind of putting them together. Almost knocked Ooh. that over. Uh, it's got the cap on. We're good. Uh, I think I'm going Homer on this. I do think that longevity wise, Bumgarner had more war and the better 15 years in it. But by war per year. I'm going to say that Bumgarner had less than what Sut had, and I'm going to pull the Cubs card on this one. And I think <laughs> Ritz, Rick Sutcliffe is going to be our our episode forty. That's my thought, and that's my vote. No, I'm 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 on the same page. Okay, it's hard to disagree with you, sir. <laughs> well, this is the Rick Sutcliffe episode, and hopefully, Rick, you listen to this, and if so, cheers to you, sir. We owe you a hat. And we're going to hopefully run into you next week at Wrigley Field. So that has been episode 40 start. The best 40 in Major League Baseball history. I talked Michael into Rick Sutcliffe. But like I told you, I thought that there was going to be a little bit more of a debate than it I originally thought, I, looked. I guess that he was both Bartolo Colon was just more of an <laughs> innings eater than I remember. Yeah. It's more of a longevity game, but uh, hat tip to Bartolo, 46.2 war over 19 seasons. Um, he pitched for the Montreal Expos for one season, the White Sox for a pair of seasons, the Angels, the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Oakland Athletics. What do you remember Athletics. him? When you picture Bartolo, where do you remember? what uniform? The Mets, just because I think that's where he ended, and that's where he ended. spent a majority of his – I remember. so I grew up in the Chicago area when he was on the White Sox too, so I kind of – remember him in a White Sox jersey, but I think his best years were in Anaheim with the Angels. I, I forgot so he was on the Red Sox. Um, but I think most of the pictures I see of him are Our in an Expos jersey, and he wore it for one year. Um, <laughs> but not to steal his sunshine away from Mr. Rick Sutcliffe, who is number 40, episode number 40. You can find us here on YouTube. Uh, we do this every week. We put out exclusive content at Barrels and Barrels Pod. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button below. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We put out exclusive content. We include that as well as our Thieves of the Week or Thieves of the Day, which are your best defensive gems and web gems of the last several days. You can find that here as well as our Top 10 Power Rankings, which are brought to you by 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. I already mentioned this episode brought to you by Whiskey Towers. Just go to whiskeytower.com using whiskey weather that is whiskey with an e weather i meant to mention earlier you can find us on instagram <laughs> that's where the link if you want to just go through my link tree through whiskey weather above me but we also are on instagram at barrels and barrels pod facebook and tiktok at barrels and barrels pod and what used to be twitter now called x at Barrels and Barrels. Find us on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Google and Amazon Podcasts. Stitcher went away yesterday so that no longer exists <laughs> so don't forget to hit the rating or review on our podcast we'd love to hear your thoughts we ask you every week we are up to 20 out of 25 star reviews on apple 14 out of 
14 five stars out of Spotify. That's 34 total five star reviews. So cheers to everybody who's reviewed us uh, or rated us. We'd love to hear your review. Leave us a little message and what you think about these episodes. A big shout out to, uh, uh, I think his name's Doug, Doug Cree. He watches, uh, it's Doc, I think it's Dr. Uh, Dr. Cree is oh, how it shows up on, on Facebook um, and on YouTube. So a uh, big shout out to him for listening every week and uh, sending us some information and some feedback here and there. We've got shirts for sale. Are you wearing one of them, Mikey? No, I'm no, not. he's wearing his obvious shirts. I'm wearing an obvious shirt as well. Um, they're not a sponsor. No free ads. No free. Uh, <laughs> hashtag. But not we've an got ad. hashtag not an ad. Uh, we've got our own t-shirts for sale. You can find those in the link tree of our Instagram bio, or uh, just head on over to charliemikeneverweekend.com. It's right there on their homepage. Just hit the shop button, and we're going to be the first t-shirt that pops up. Again, Charlie Mike Never Weekend. We've got hats. That's what Michael's wearing, and also the glassware that I'm drinking out of tonight, and I'm sure Michael's got one of those glasses ready to go of as well. Of course. He, he's got the wisdom glass. We've got two uths. You've only got three wisdom glasses left, so uh, head on over if you want one of those real quick. Two oths, we've got a little more, and then we've got a few more glens, uh, and we'll be filling up these glens. So head on over and check that out. And Filling up these glens, in this week's episode, we are going with Peerless Small Batch Bourbon Whiskey. This is a barrel proof. Um, they put these out at barrel proof, at barrel strength at least. This one comes in at 111.3 proof. Every small batch is a little different. So these are all going to be a little different than when you buy them on the shelf. Uh, so one batch is not going to be like the same. This is strictly sweet mash, not a sour mash. And we can dive into that in a different episode because there's a lot more to the sweet and sour mash uh, designations. And we're not going to waste your time with that, but we can work on that in the off season. But this comes in at, as I mentioned, 111 proof. Um, they don't put a mash bill on this. Uh, it's a little bit of a secret. There's some estimations on what it is. I think I saw 68% corn to 75% corn. There's not a whole lot of info about the bottle. It's 70 to $75 MSRP. No age statement on the bottle from the research I could find. Some places say it's a four-year bourbon. Uh, some say no age statement. I'm going with the no age statement because I'm not going to be putting out information that I don't have 100% honest truth and confirmation it used to be. It, yeah, it used to be when they first released their rye in 18 that it was only 24 months and now i believe I, I believe here from what i when i've looked at helis is aged at least four years okay well i got this in 2020 so i don't know where we're at at this point i'm just gonna say to, it for, says for, straight it says kentucky straight bourbon whiskey so by that law i believe it has to be one year old i'm assuming it's two years old because it's um, straight bourbon whiskey, but in for in order for it to say Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, it has to be aged in Kentucky for at least twelve months. Word. So we know it's at least one year old. It comes in at one hundred and eleven proof. Peerless out of Louisville um, have yet to make it there. Uh, I've had a lot of bottles shipped here. Shout out Daniel. Um, I have some samples on the way. I think uh, because <laughs> I've been a mule, but. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's, the it's, nose. Not, it's a different week for you, Brandon, when you don't have a package. <laughs> I'm, I'm jelly. Is. I'm very jelly. <laughs> yeah. 
Still waiting on one from you, pal. <laughs> I'll bring it. We'll I'll bring to... you my package next week. <laughs> well, that's a cutaway. <laughs> uh, Michael's gonna bring me his package in person. Um, so, how, what do you but... get off this nose off this peerless, Brandon? <laughs> uh, caramel. <laughs> no, I, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, off the bat, uh, orange. Citrus to me. Ooh, yeah, that is that is citrusy. Uh, a little citrus. There is a little bit of caramel. I th- and more confectioner sugar. I think like a a baking, like a baking, not the sugar like granulated sugar, but confectioner powdered sugar. sugar, powdered, powdered sugar. sugar. I get, I I do get that citrus right away, and then I do get for how young it is. It is, it is darker, and I do get an I do get an oak on the nose. So like a, like a medium oak on the nose. It's definitely a bold nose. Definitely. It, it's not weak by any means. I Ooh. think there's some... Uh, I, use I, word, jalapeno- I find that when I listen to us, I use the word complexity a lot. So I'm going to try to get away from that one. So I'm not going to say it's complex, but... But it's B-E-A-U-tiful? <laughs> Do I say that a lot too? No, no, no. One of my old news directors thought I did. <laughs> that's a inside joke between michael and i um yeah i got uh, you, do, I here's a, a really weird nose yes it's i get a little spiciness on the nose like jalapeno jalapeno never smelled it before but i've gotten green peppers on a nose before have you? it was weird because i don't i hate green peppers so that was like an instant turnoff i don't remember what it was but i only got it Part of me makes me think it was the 101 toasted short barrel, but that's not what this episode is. This is episode 40 with Peerless Small Batch. Off, on the tongue, I got, again, I like to say sweet tart. Um, there's a little sweet tartness to it. I saw you just took a poll. What are your thoughts right off the bat? It's spicy at first on the tongue. Like What is this, 111 you said? Mm-hmm. I would guess higher based off of my first sip here. Um, I get... The pepper's on my mind now. I feel like I can taste that pepper, but there it's it's bold oak. I'm surprised how oaky it is for the for the age. Yeah, there's definitely some oak, and I have the spice and the heat more on the back end of the pour. The more I sat and like enjoyed it, I'd say it's very voluminous. I felt like it engulfs my mouth. Like some of these pores, you you don't really feel it in your cheeks or in your lips. You know what I'm saying? You just kind of feel it on the tongue and then the tingle and the burn kind of goes away. This one just continued to build all over. The mouthfeel was very good. Um, I wouldn't call it buttery. I'd call it more tingly. Uh, How's the complexity? It's got a wide variety of flavors, which... (laughs) Make me feel very happy. Um, <laughs> it, it, it does flourish, flourish throughout the mouth. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It lingers, and I think that's what we we usually were that use that. I'm, I'm coming right back to it. We usually were that word use the word complex when yeah. we have multi layers to this thing, rather than it sitting on the tongue, going down the throat, and being done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a lot of oak out of this, so maybe it is four years on this one. There's a lot. If it was 24 months. I mean, that, they did a pretty damn good job of getting the oak in 24 months. But I've got oak. I've got some cherry. There's still a lot of citrus. I think the citrus, this one matches more so the nose to me than some others. 
You know what I'm saying? Like it kind of smells how it tastes, and it's not always yes. the same like right. that. So that that transfers. What's the finish taste for you? Now that you talk without taking a sip there, or you just get another pull? I just got another pull. It gets um, grainy towards the end for me when I when I've when it's sat for a while. It's a little rye, for sure. Um, whether that's the rye grain. I'm assuming it's malted barley, malted barley as the third ingredient. We don't know the mash bill, but that would be my guess. That's the typical mash. Um, if anybody's been to Peerless and they've told you the mash bill, we'd love to hear that. Hit that in the comments below on YouTube or wherever you're at. Uh, the finish itself, I think it it's a longer lasting finish than a lot of whiskeys that we've had as it as at least as of late. I feel like a lot of the ones that we've sampled or tried within the last couple of weeks. The finish wasn't as necessarily as long-lasting. It would kind of taper, and then it was gone. This one, it's been about a minute, minute and a half, and I still feel a good good flavor, a good heat. I, I would say I, I would think about 111, 115 is about the proof I would put this at. Now that you've had a couple of sips rather than that first one, and that first one burns all the stuff out of your mouth, what do you what do you get this at? Like, you Proof-wise, think it's higher still? I would still put like... Ten more proof on this thing, like one eighteen kind of deal. I still think it's on the higher. It, it hits on the higher end. It's definitely bold. It, yeah. It's definitely you know, a bold flavors. I'd say this kind of reminds me of an Elijah Craig barrel proof. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of them up there, ranging from twenty twenty <laughs> to twenty twenty two. I need to get on the twenty. The did you see just what just popped out? C nine twenty three. It's like 133, 14 years old. So grab it if you can find it, and we'll get to that here in a second. But I enjoy this. We're on our rating scale. Would you rate this? So this is my first peerless. I've I've held out. I've passed up on one before. And actually, that's the only time I've ever seen it. Maybe twice. Yeah. Um, I would give this guy an everyday player. I think that's where I'm leaning to. Uh, why do you go everyday player rather than bench or rather than all-star? Um, so it's not 90 proof or below. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why it's not, um, I think the oakiness is, is, um, it, it's a medium oak. It's not a young oak. Mm-mm. Like, um, like if it was 24 months, this would be, like you said, they did some magic here. Yeah. Um, but I, I enjoy the oakiness. The sweetness is not overly sweet. Right. Um, and then the finish, it gets, it, it, it lingers, it gets a little grainy, but nothing to push me away from it. Yeah. I, I think that that finish at the, the back end, like you meant it mentioned, it's, um, it's got a little bit of that grain and that's what turns me off from going all-star. But for everyday player, I think I would go to, I mean, I've, I've been, burning through this since I opened it and I opened this late last year and sent you the mess. I think I sent you this sample a hot minute ago. We just haven't gotten around to it, but uh, similar words to complex would be tangled, convoluted, intricate. I'm going to use the word intricate. intricate. It is intricate. I like that one. Uh, I intricate, like intricate. Yes. Um, thorny, tricky, naughty, hard, difficult, involute, involuted, fiddly. And I like the idea of not it naughty, like because that you've knots in wood, and that could yeah. be you could have some knots in the in the barrels. This Labyrinth, tortuous, impenetrable. Well, this is not impenetrable because 
we're, we're drinking and we enjoy. But uh, we went it head ahead. We went ahead and went with the everyday player on this on our barrels and barrels of bourbon and baseball podcast rating scale. And if you are new to this, our rating scale is baseball related. We go from Hall of Fame, which is the best ever, right? Top of the class. One percent of all baseball players make the Hall of Fame. We haven't, we haven't had, had any yet. Yeah, all right. We haven't had a bourbon yet. But all stars so next on the list. Uh, you've got two all star teams every year, right? Their teams have all stars that are perennial all stars. Sometimes there's just like the Brian LaHare all star, where it just out of nowhere came through and became an all star. Or sometimes it's one of those that you know it's going to be an all star. You Brian love Lahir, it, man. It, he never yeah. really got a chance. He, he was right. he was he was always going to be replaced. He never got a real chance. Dude was. <laughs> 14 home runs in April, and then, oh, you have 14 home runs in April? We're going to bring up Anthony Rizzo instead. See yes. ya. <laughs> so on our Barrels and Barrels of Urban Baseball podcast rating show, what is Everyday Player, Michael? Everyday Player is that guy that you enjoy going to every now and then. He's not he, – he, compared to an all-star, he's not something that you're hiding and, and, and think that this is one of the next greatest things. It's something that you maybe would share with a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, your all-star you're only sharing with your bourbon enthusiasts high end that you want to be like bro check this out the everyday player is something you enjoy that you would go to maybe twice a week yeah uh and it's something that you can always rely on in your lineup and it's always you want it always in your lineup it's like a nico horner or an ian hap where every day you know it's going to be consistent um it's going to come through uh, let's say brandon marsh as a philly or uh cal raleigh as a a Seattle Mariner, the right? The big That's dumper. A, the big dumper. That's somebody you always want in your lineup day in and day out. And then next is the bench. The bench, you may think it's a knock. Um, it, you're not an everyday player, but it doesn't mean you're a bad player. You come in in the pinch. You sometimes are a defensive replacement. Heck, you might be a spot starter. It's something that mixes up the rotation, right? You don't go to it every week. You don't go to it maybe every month, but it's always got a chance to really wow you at a later date. Right. You've got at least one great pool, and it could be the creaminess, it could be the spiciness, it could be the flavor, it could be a, a dessert bourbon. Mm-hmm. So that's Bench. And then finally, uh, Mr. DFA himself, Michael Burns, can explain what DFA stands for. So DFA is the type Josh that... Donaldson. <laughs> <laughs> that you take into your office, you sit him down, and you say, I don't want you on my shelf anymore. See you later. This is something that you don't enjoy. You would not recommend to a friend. You would rather save your money and spend it on something else. Yeah, and uh, you either pour it down the drain, you mix it with drinks, maybe you make food with it. I know some people who make cookies with the bourbon that they didn't like because at least you get the bourbon flavor in the cookies. But that is our Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon and Baseball podcast rating scale. Uh, Peerless Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. This is the small batch. I hear their single barrels are immaculate haven't made it to that point yet their double oak i've heard is really good that one i think top five whiskey of the year a couple of years ago from whiskey advocate because they we really enjoy everything that whiskey advocate says is the best but <laughs> absolutely back then uh i think it was like fifth or sixth but i've heard great things about it i've tried the absinthe one not a huge fan but i'm not a huge fan of the absinthe flavor but go give them a, ch- right. a try uh, we enjoyed this kentucky um peerless Kentucky I was definitely surprised. I think that Elijah Craig Barrel Proof Comp was fantastic. And they're about they the had... same price, 
but this is a little bit more widely available, I'd say, in most areas, because the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof only comes out three times a year, and it's allocated. And speaking of allocated, we're at allocated season. Uh, Michael has already signed up. I know I have as well. I think we're past the date, so sorry. But uh, the Old Forester Birthday Bourbon is uh, going to be picked here, I think, by the tomorrow. time this episode drops. It's either yeah. tomorrow or Monday. Uh, I think it's Friday. Right? Yeah, so I guess a day from when this episode drops. And then also, uh, Four Roses Limited Edition, they put that out. But we're starting to get to September. September is Bourbon Heritage Month. And that's kind of the month you start to see. That's kind of the month that you start to see a lot of different whiskeys drop uh, allocation season. So be on the lookout for some of those new ones. We're talking the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof that comes out every September. That is going to be batch C923. I just mentioned it. It's got like 133 proof, 14 years. I believe that'll be the oldest age statement on an Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. So that's going to be a widely sought after bottle. Um, yeah. Other I stuff that luck comes in that in Alabama. <laughs> yeah, you, you might have better luck than I might. Honestly, I think I've seen one Elijah Craig up here since I moved here. Hmm, okay. So if I if I see one, I'll bring my wife with me to grab two. Yes, <laughs> and definitely <laughs> do that. Um, but, yeah, it's allocation season. This is kind of when people start to go a little crazy with their money. Just be smart on your spending. That's what I would say is a lot of people chase after some of these bottles. And a lot of the times you're either just paying for the label or you're just paying because of the because the it's available around it. Right, right. and because it's available and – it's, oh, I've got a shot at this. I mean, if you run into a Michter's tenure, sure. But if you're running into something that you haven't done a whole lot of research on, and that's another thing, is if you see something you don't know much about it and it's an expensive bottle, maybe do some research on it before you pull the trigger because you don't want to be into that spot where you're like, eh. Also, right? don't be the guy that you get picked for the allocation season and you grab that bottle and you take the picture to post it on secondary while still in the store, while it's in your cart. Yes. Don't be that guy. At least go home. You can wait. <laughs> you can wait a little bit. Or do it in your car, home. at least, right? Yes. Just not in the store. That just That's looks the like. Craziest. That's the craziest thing is where it's allocation day in Alabama, and then you see a picture pop up, and it's literally the bottle in the cart because the dude yes. hasn't even checked out yet, and he's already selling it. But that's a podcast for a different day. This is episode 40 of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. We just finished our bourbon segment. We're heading on to trivia, which is how we kind of divide our baseball talk and our trivia talk. So this week's trivia question, Michael Burns. Ronald Acuna Jr. and Corbin Carroll both have reached 20 home runs and 40 stolen bases this year. Before they did it this year, who was the last player to do it, and in what year did he do it? Did we have this question already, kind of? I don't believe so. Because then it would be 40-40 as well qualifies. Mm -mm. Because 20 home runs and 40 stolen bases. Oh, 20 home runs and 40 stolen bases. Yes, because they have ne- not. They neither of them hit forty home runs. I think I Corbin Carroll just hit number twenty six, and Acuna's sitting at twenty nine coming into tonight. Oh, twenty home runs and forty stolen bases. When was the last time it was done, and who did it? Let's the 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 name that popped into my mind was Raphael for call. Okay. Like, dude swatted had, and had some speed for the Atlanta Braves in the late 90s, early 2000s. So, Raphael for a call. Let's go 2002. 
So I'm looking up baseball reference to see. He is not the answer. Um, he never hit 20 home runs. The most he ever hit in his career was 15 in both 2003 and 2006. Uh, he did steal 40 bases one, two times, but not even in those years that he hit 15. It is Jonathan VR, and he did hmm. it with, with the, the Baltimore Orioles in 2019. Oh. That's a name that I wouldn't. That have been was able his to. resurgence year. Then, yep. And then he went to the Brewers, I think, and then the Cubs. Was he on the Cubs last year? or Was it twenty twenty one? Last year. It was last year. So Ronald Acuna was part of that trivia question, and we'll get more onto his season here in just a second. But Michael, have you ever gone to a baseball game or any sporting event and seen multiple teams play, and ever wondered like, okay, it always seems like so and so hits a home run when I'm at a game. It always seems like. When I see Braves versus Cubs, the Braves always beat the Cubs. Right. In person? Yes. Or just watching it on TV? Okay, so there's going to be a new app for that. It's called Momento. It's called Momento Live Sports Scrapbook. And this is available on iOS and Android. So go go check that out and download it. This is really cool. You've got the chance to be a beta tester of this app through Barrels and Barrels Pod. Use the code BourbonBaseball. When you download the app, hmm. and what you can do is you can go in and search any game you've been to, and it will add up the statistics, and it'll tell you what teams Whoa. you've seen, how many times you've seen them, what their record is, and down the road, their goal is within the next one to two months that you'll have summerly level stats that'll tell you the record of when you're in the attendance, how many times you've seen any given player play, a hit a home run, hit a three-pointer, whatever the sport is. So far, they've got games starting in 1993 for Major League Baseball. There's NBA, NFL, NHL, college football. They're going to get into WNBA and women's and men's college basketball as well. They're still in the beta testing point of this, but you as a barrel head get an early access to this by using promo code Bourbon Baseball as you open this app. Again, this is the Memento sports app so go check that out memento live sports scrapbook i've already downloaded it here on my phone let me open it and you can input the games that you've been to you get mementos you can put a picture of the game that you've been to it tells you how many times so this year i've seen the cubs play eight times the reds seven times the dodgers four times and down the road it'll tell you what the records are of those teams what the so say you've seen cody bellinger hit six home runs it'll tell you the statistics that Cody Bellinger has when you see him in person. And it's a really cool app. There used to be an app called Sports Passport, Sports Passport like this, and they had to fold because they weren't getting support. But Momento is kind of taking the game and they're going to up it. So go check them out. Again, Momento Sports app. Michael, download that on your phone. Use promo code all lowercase bourbon baseball and you'll get access to this website a really cool opportunity and as a sports fan myself i like and it also helps keep track of what stadiums you've been to and also what games you've seen oh yeah i went to this game who pitched right oh sean marshall threw six innings of two inning uh two two run baseball and right. had 12 strikeouts no oh, that's really so, cool yeah a really cool app uh, I really enjoy it. I geek out on it because it tells me, okay, I know I'm five and three when the Cubs play this year in a game that I've been to. You know, there's a reason I, I knew there was a reason that I always kept my game ticket stubs and just stuck them in my room. Right. Take your ticket stubs, put them into this app, and you'll know what the team's records are when you've seen them play. It's really cool. There's a problem, though. 
you're not going to want me in a Cubs game, I feel like, when we pull up my statistics of when I've been to a Cubs game and the Cubs are like winning percentage of like 250. Okay, well, then you may have to not buy some flights for next week. We'll talk about that after the show. But speaking of baseball, the real hot story, we've talked about it for back-to-back weeks. We're going to make it three in a row. The American League West, this is the best divisional race right now. Three teams coming into play today were tied for first place. Now, the Mariners and the Astros have both won. The Astros are 77-58. and 58. The Mariners are 76-57. and 57. They're both tied with the same... Uh, games back at zero, but the Astros have more wins. But I think the Mariners have technically the better winning percentage by one. But they're point. both tied for by one point. Yeah, and then the Texas Rangers, as we're talking right now, are in the top of the tenth versus the Mets on the road. So they could win, they could lose. We'll know here shortly. But if they win, it'll be again a three-way tie atop that division. Very fun division. It looked like a couple months ago it was the Rangers division, right? And then they've come back to earth. The Mariners look like one of the best teams in baseball. And the Astros are kind of silently just skating through, right? Like, we haven't talked much about the Astros. It actually was almost a three-team or four-team distant, and it wasn't Seattle. Seattle was that fourth team. It was Texas, Houston, Angels. Yeah. And Seattle went on an absolute tear while Texas did the complete opposite and part of that turnaround i think is julio rodriguez right the the play he's had over the last couple of weeks we talked about him a couple of weeks ago but since the start of the second half so since the all-star break the all-star game was in seattle he had a great showing at the home run derby right usually that kind of tuckers people's out he had a rough first half but boy look at his numbers for the second half He's batting 365, 422, slugging 635. So that's a quick math OPS 1057, a WRC plus of 192. That means he's 92% better than the average player in baseball right 192? now. 192? 192. Average is 100. Anything above that, every other number. So a 101 would mean you're 1% better than the average baseball player, 102, et cetera. You know, I didn't know 192. That. I didn't know that 100 was like average. I thought it was like a, like a little above that, and I didn't know that that's how it was determined. OPS plus and WRC plus, I believe, are the same way. 100 is the benchmark. Anything above 100, you're an above average player. Anything below, you're a below average player. He's got a WRC plus of 192. His ISO is 271, so he's hitting for power. He's got 11 bombs, 13 doubles, 38 RBIs, 13 stolen bases, 62 hits, and 187 plate appearances. His on-base percentage is 422. He went on. Um, he's on a current hit streak. It looks like it's up to 14, and that was coming into today, I believe. Yes. He had four hits yesterday against Oakland, or two days ago. And you're talking Oakland. since July 1st. In August, July 14th. July 14th. August, he's been absolutely in- incredible. His average since in just August is 429. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So he that's the MVP candidate if he had a better first half. The other MVP candidate in that division, the Angels, Shohei Otani, and we'll get to him here in a second. But out of this division, we talked last week about predictions the Texas Rangers kind of crapped the bed last weekend versus the Brewers, and they haven't played that great against the Mets. I think they're splitting the series so far, but they do have the bases loaded here, and it looks like they're about to take the lead. So they're going to go 2-1 and one most likely versus the Mets. The Astros have beaten the Red Sox 2 out of 3 at Fenway this week. 
And then the Mariners took two out of three versus Oakland this week. 76 and 57. Do you still stand by your prediction last week or do you want to change that? What was my prediction last week that the Rangers still win it? I think you said the Astros. Oh, did I say the I it's tough to bet against the Astros, especially now that they got Justin Verlander. Framber threw yeah. a great game a decent game again today. Quality mm-hmm. did he get a quality start out of it? Uh I don't know. I haven't looked at the He got the quality box score start yet. Six innings, two runs, five hits, five Ks. Um that's what you can ask for out of Framber. He could have went deeper, only eighty three mm-hmm. pitches. I still feel like Houston they just they just know how to they've been there, done that. It's not so much of a chase for them. I think Seattle finishes second though with the Texas Rangers losing it. The Mariners are a hot team. I'm wearing a hat for the Mariners. I'd say that they're probably my favorite AL team right now. I'm a Cubs fan by heart, but I've also got money on the Mariners at fifty to one to win the World <laughs> Series this year. So it's easy uh, when you're I'm a also... Cubs fan to pick an American League team. Oh, for sure. And they're a fun team too. Watching their games, I've watched more Mariners baseball in the last month and a half than I have any other. Them in the the Baltimore Orioles, it can, in that series they played Baltimore a couple of weekends ago was fantastic. Wow, inning ending, the Rangers do not score, so they strand the bases loaded. What a pl- what a play! They didn't the score Mets. their free run or free runner. They had the bases loaded with no outs, and they didn't score a run. I don't think. Oh, wow. Insane. Yeah, so Texas and Seattle, we mentioned it last week. They play seven times in the last ten games. I think that's where that division kind of headlock comes into play because the Houston Astros, they're not going to be facing those two teams. They're going to be able to make ground any game that they're playing if one because one of those teams is going to have a loser, so they're going to gain one game back and forth. They're going to beat on up on each other. They, right. Right. So hopefully uh, – it's still this close towards the end because it's going to make fun, uh, make for a fun race in the AL West. I think all three teams will make the playoffs, personally. I think, though, the Baltimore Orioles are going to win the East. And right now, Tampa Bay is looking good. Okay, I was, I was waiting to see what that what th- their, your thoughts on Tampa Bay were there for that. We've been, we've been saying for weeks that they're going to continue to falter, but they just won back-to-back games, I think, against they're the Marlins. Four in a row. Four in a row. Yeah. Um, they are 82 and 52. They're 30 games above 500. And the team that would be chasing them is the Toronto Blue Jays, who it looks like they're nine games back of the Tampa Bay Rays right now. They fell off. Yeah. So if, if I, I I have a hard time finding that the Rays are going to fall nine games to the Jays. But I don't see any team in the AOS, maybe other than the Rangers, to just kind of spiral. I think the the Blue Jays really are hoping for one of those AOS teams to fall rather than the Rays at this point. But I I still think all three teams in the AOS, and all three teams could potentially win the World Series. You know, the, what could happen is Seattle and Texas beat up on each other so much that Toronto does sneak in. Would, or or if one at, team if one team destroys, you know, sweeps one of the series. Right. Yeah, I haven't looked at the Blue Jays' final schedule, but um, I wonder what that would look like. Now, the Astros do play the Mariners the second in Seattle the second-last series. Okay, so they will – man, that's going to be so – that's going to be so good of a the like, Blue final Jays week of baseball. The Blue Jays play the Rays two of their last three series. 
Actually, okay. it's well. their last four series is Yankees, Rays, Yankees, Rays. Oh, that's gonna and and they play the Texas Rangers for four games next week. Oh no, in two weeks, two weeks. middle of September. But they also have the A's and the Royals. So well, and don't the Rockies, you just love so. wild card baseball now or this playoff? Yeah, right here. It was six teams, right? We wouldn't be talking about this. We would be saying, "Oh well, the the Jays are out of it at this point," but yeah. they're not. Uh, but that that AOS is incredible. Uh, a team that we you picked them to win the playoffs, and they made probably the most bold moves at the deadline. The Angels, yeah, they just decided they kind of hit the they. I think they did this. Wave, wave the, the white, white flag. flag. Oh man. Thing, it's five just, guys, right? Five guys they put on waivers. Lucas Giolito, Matt Moore, Renato Lopez, Hunter Renfo, and Grand, Randall Grichuk. And they traded for three of those guys at the end of July. They traded for. Did they have Matt Moore already, or they traded for him? I thought so. I think okay. he signed in the off season with them. How mad? Are you? I mean, I, I saw I saw on Trash Pandas fan page that Trash Pandas fans were pissed that they traded away prospects for nothing for a month for one month right of players right um man i got some more out of that i got some jalapeno out of that randomly so there you go let's go yeah (laughs) uh very weird it's not like it doesn't turn me off either like i'm not like oh i wouldn't it's different but yeah it's not bad uh yeah i mean i would be pissed too like you wasted two of your top three prospects for giolito and ronaldo lopez who you just threw on freaking waivers i do think that those are some good names to potentially look at if you're a team in contention i wonder if the reds will you know who'd be a great guy for the reds to go out and grab giolito harrison bader Oh, harrison bader and giolito yeah giolito and harrison bader those would be two good guys i think that that you know why the angels are doing this though, right? Money, money, because they can potentially get underneath the tax, the luxury tax, by if cutting the these salaries. Cla- right. If the guys are claimed, if the guys are released, claimed, they still pay for it. But I think the way they did it is they did it to where if one of these guys is going to be picked up by a team. So here's the thing: it's August 31st, the day that this episode drops. Any player who has to who you want to play in the playoffs has to be on the roster or in the organization by September 1st, right on the day of September 1st. If you are in the organization, you qualify to be in the team on the playoffs. Who did they, who some team just signed somebody today that made them playoff eligible. Oh, um, Tucker Barnhart just signed with the Dodgers. Oh, did he from the Cubs? Yeah. He's oh. in the minors, but he's in the organization as of today. Right. So if he can, if they need him in the playoffs, he can be added to the playoff roster. But you can't add anybody to your playoff roster unless they've been in the organization since September 1st. So I think the Angels strategically did this because if a team really wants Randall Gritchick or a team really wants Lucas Giolito, or they have they to pick think him up. they want him. Right. They Well, they have to add him by the end of the day today. And that would mean that the Angels still get the salary relief. Right. I would think the best names in my mind, I would go after Giolito if I was the Cubs. He was good with the White need, Sox. He, I mean, he, I wouldn't good. say good. He, he was, I think, a 3-4-5 ERA over the year. I mean, the guy. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd take a fourth or fifth starter 
if you can. I think the Reds are going to try and claim the Mets just won. So the Texas Rangers are one game back. Uh, they lost two out of three to the New York Mets, I believe, as the Mariners and the Astros go on to win. Roldis Chapman is the one who's going to get the loss. He's been pretty brutal here the last couple of days, I believe. So the Angels put a bunch of players on waivers. The Yankees got rid of Donaldson. He's DFA'd. He got cut. He got released. Also, Harrison Just got not, released. So, yeah. yeah, see ya. Here's your money. Get out of here. Um, Harrison Bader put on waivers. That's an interesting name. And did you, did also- you, do you know how the story with Bader of how he no. found out he was put on waivers? Uh-oh. He said he was sitting in the Yankees cafeteria in the lunchroom watching ESPN. He says he never watches ESPN. And he says all of a sudden his name popped up on the on the bottom line, Harrison Bader placed on waivers. Ten minutes, he said, ten minutes before the next before like the next activity for baseball started for the next game. And he he, he was pretty pretty okay. Usually a player who sees their name and finds out that way rather than from in person from their officials gets pissed off. And he took it more as like, you know what, I'm blessed to be playing this game. Whatever happens, happens. I'm just happy that I am being able to play Major League Baseball. Yeah, and he's going to go to a playoff team, most likely, or a team that's in playoff contention. I mean, I think he'd be a great fit in Cincinnati, as I've already mentioned, but other teams that could probably use him, I mean, the Diamondbacks, do they need any outfielders? Probably not. They just got Tommy Pham. But, so get this, the Mets just won on a walk-off hit-by-pitch. That's how they won the game. So, yeah, bases loaded. <laughs> bases how did, loaded. How did, how, why did how did Chapman load the bases? I have no idea, man. I had, I was paying attention to our podcast, Michael Burns. I was you not, have the baseball but, game up. My TV's off. You don't see yeah, the reflection so, in the background here, like you sometimes do. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Bader would be a great name. I think Randall Grichik has played very well with the Angels since he's gone over there. He would be a good veteran presence on a team that's looking for veteran leadership he would be the brewers could probably use him i know the brewers are doing pretty well as of right now but they've got a lot of young guys outside of yelich in their outfield with weimer freelich um freelich's been good lately freelich's been really good but there's a couple teams that are interesting i I wouldn't be surprised if the cubs tried to sneak out a matt moore or lucas giolito there are not in a spot though where they're probably likely to land them because it's it goes from the worst team in the league to the best team in the league when it comes to waivers. So Oakland has the claim out of anybody first, then the Royals, then the Rockies, the White Sox, etc. I think the Cubs are the twentieth right now. They have like the eleventh best record in baseball. Now this is different from years past. There used to be a waiver period where you could make trades. Now that's gone. It used to be the that's gone. So what you're doing is you're basically just buying his salary. You it used to be a waiver trade. You would claim him and then the two teams would discuss whether or not you want to, like anybody could be put on waivers back in the day. Bryce Harper got put on waivers and was claimed. But he once you're claimed, you either get with, withdrawn or the team would have to trade with you. And that's how you would see trades. I think that's how the Cubs got Daniel Murphy back in 2019 was a waiver deal. Now that's gone. So if you put a player on waivers and they're claimed, you get them or the team pulls them back. Right. I don't even know if they can pull them back anymore. I haven't read too much into that. So that's the difference is in years past, 
let's say you're the Giants and you don't want the Cubs or Reds to get a player. You could right. just claim the guy and then just not work out a deal and he stays there. I right. think now, this year, if you claim the guy, you got him. You got him. Right. So, you, so You're paying that salary. So there's that risk now of where I've, I've read that people think the Giants and Reds are going to be too cheap to claim anybody. See, the thing is, I don't think the Reds have to be too cheap. They're not near the salary cap. And if they've got a shot, I mean, they did win today against the Giants, so they did gain a game on the Giants. They didn't gain a game on the Cubs. They're still two back of the Cubs um, and the Diamondbacks. And the Diamondbacks are playing the Dodgers tonight, I believe, in Game 3. Yeah, they're about to start that game. But it'll it's going to be an interesting 24 hours, and there could be a couple players claimed by the time this podcast drops. So I don't really... Want to go into predictions because we may look like we've got egg on our face at this point. But now, do you think this is? Sorry, go ahead. No, you go for it. I was going to say, do you think this is good for baseball not having this trade period where players are just being released to save money at the end of the month of August? Uh, I do because I don't think they're going to be straight up released um, because they're they're not going to be able to sign with another team past September first if they're playoff contenders. So I, I think it's good because it you you don't have the Giants playing games, right? Like the scenario you just painted. You don't have teams playing games with the waiver system. I, I don't this like This is the that, first time I think it's come into play. Yeah, I don't like that players are just being re- placed on waivers. Like teams that are out of it suddenly. And right. I, 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 it just, I think, feel like it's a bad look. You think hey, it's kind of like a fantasy money. football team dropping players because they're done yeah, and giving and them to other money. teams? Yeah. Yeah. It's still, simply a salary dump by some players, by some teams. I'm going to save a million bucks. We're done. Yeah. I think there's some strategy still to it. Like, will the Toronto Blue Jays pick somebody up because they think, they think that that can make them incrementally better than potentially the Astros, et cetera. So... Uh, looking at that team in L.A., man, I mean, <laughs> they're going to need a lot of work. And a lot of that is going to be dependent on Shohei Otani, right? right? The big news last week, the moment we ended our podcast last week, it came out that Shohei had left the game with an arm injury, right? And then we heard the next day he's got a torn UCL, which is the Tommy John surgery. Now, he's already had one Tommy John surgery in his career. This would be his second there's thoughts that he may go through a different I don't believe he had Tommy John right away last time. I think he did the PRP injections for a little bit and then ultimately had the Tommy John. And but, this, I think, is only a, a partial tear. Right. And Dice came in. Masahiro Ma- Tanaka. Yeah, Tanaka. Right? Tanaka. Yep. Had the same thing. Now, what happened to that guy? Yeah, I don't know. He disappeared. <laughs> Witness protection program. I have no idea. I heard about him on the radio today. I was like, oh, that's right. He pitched at one point, and he just kind of disappeared. But with Shohei Otani, what do you think this does to his contract status, number one? Because he's the best free agent this offseason, but you were getting a pitcher and a hitter. Now next year he can't pitch. I think he lost $100 million. That's all? At least a hundred million dollars off his deal, which. So, what would you say his deal is going to be then? It's going to be a more midterm deal with an opt out after year one and two, 
Or See, not, if I'm a not, team, one, though, not one year. If I'm a team, are you giving him an opt out though? I just spent all this money to try to bring you in, and you're going to opt out. It happened with Carlos Correa both times. Correa, Machado. Yeah, but Machado kind of waived his no trade and stayed with the team that he is right. he's with. I think that if if you take if you give if you really want the guy, you give him whatever he wants to come. Hey, you know what? You want that opt out. Right. We're not going to maybe give you after year one, but Otani wants to build. I think Otani wants to. I wonder if Otani will take a shorter term deal to recoup that value in two years. Right. So I've I've heard some people throw out two years, a hundred million, and make him a closer to recoup that value. Right. Because then he's not pitching every five days. He's not pitching as many innings. It's maybe not as much of a tax. He might play outfield. But here's, here's the question, though. There's some rules behind this that would – a lot of people are saying just make him a closer. Here's the thing. The Otani rule, which was made that a pitcher could be a DH the moment he came out of the game, but not if he comes in as a reliever. So if he was the DH the whole game and came in as a reliever – the moment he gets taken out of the game, you lose your DH. So whoever would replace him on the mound, say you go to extras, you lose Otani's bat. That'd be fine. Another thing is, say you're having him as the closer. What if he's batting in the bottom of the eighth and he gets on base? How the hell is he going to warm up? You don't get a pinch runner. It's not like men's league where you can take him out. You're going to see this guy sprint from the dugout all the way out. Even if he doesn't bat and say he, you know, hit in the seventh. And you're going to see this right. guy run across the field to go to the bullpen? Or do you have him warm up in the cages down below, right, where people take swings? They've got to. cages in every ballpark now. but So there's That's some logistical I there. I don't see him becoming a closer unless he stays strictly as a pitcher and a pinch hitter, really, honestly. That would be what I would think. Or I still see some team paying uh, – he's Aaron Judge right now. Right, without being a pitcher, he could still right. be Aaron Judge. So you could still give him four hundred million for ten years. Do you think he takes that deal? You'd have to, like you said, you'd have to put an opt out. But as a team, are you paying an opt out? Like I'm going to invest four hundred million in ten years, but I'm going to give you an opt out after two that you can just up and leave, and ruin all my plans. Yeah, I still think you 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 hope that, uh, and then you can always give him an extension. If he if he if wants he to come to you, right if he if he right if he's coming to you he obviously somewhat likes it like Seattle so uh, so I ask you Michael Burns as a Cub fan do you still want Shohei Otani or no Shohei is a free agent this offseason as a Cubs fan are you signing him right now For ten me, years four hundred what million. you're really asking me here Brandon is do I want Shohei Otani or Cody Bellinger that's the I'm question asking, you're no asking. I'm, I'm asking you do you want Shohei Otani. I know, I know, but that's the real question is do you want to spend money on Otani or Cody Bellinger? Mm-hmm. Kind of, but answer my question. Because if you sign Otani, you're probably not getting Bowie. I, See, I, my, my, I'm scared now because you don't know if you're getting pitcher Otani. You're getting hitter Otani. He's going to be the same guy for the next six, seven years. When Otani first came. And they were like, oh, Otani, and he really didn't perform the first two years. I think people wrote him off pretty quickly, at least in our fantasy league. He went for a dollar. 
in 2020. Well, the in 2021 he was 20 he was 50 to 1 to win the MVP because I was pissed. I was going to put money on him just to win the MVP and he I didn't and he all ended up winning it because he was coming off of that surgery. He's 29 years old. He's still young. Is he 29? I, mean, I thought be, he was younger. He's 29. He'll be 30 in July of next year, July 5th of next year. So the dude rakes. And I I mean He's been great ever since he's come back. He's got like a 400 on base, uh, 400 batting average since he got hurt. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So, again, are you signing Shohei Otani for 10 years, $400 million? Yes, or I am. Yes, I am. You are? Yes. Okay. And what's the reasoning behind it? 40, 40 million a year is going to be nothing by the time that contract finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like a lot. It sounds like a lot. It's the most a hitter will get, right? Mike Trout is thirty six. Judge is getting forty a year, nine years, three hundred and sixty. So yeah. that's the Judge deal with just one extra year. But I think he's got a year or two younger on what Judge was when Judge was a free agent. Right. No, I'm 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 taking Otani. The dude rakes. The dude brings that money in. And if you want to talk non baseball, like we've talked about before, but baseball wise. Can you be mad at a 40 home run hitter? No, I don't know. That starts to scare me. I thought he was 27 for some reason. But again, that's the thing. Are you paying 40 million for a DH? He doesn't bring any other value to the field. He's not playing first base. He's not playing the outfield. He can't throw for a year, maybe a year and a half, because it's his second UCL injury. So if he does have Tommy John, that's more of an 18 month rather than a 12 month injury. So you're talking 2026 potentially. For the first time he pitches. Oh, man. He's 31 at that point. And I'm just, like, just because he's an angel now, I keep picturing, like, Anthony Rendon kind of stuff. So do the angels re-sign him? I don't see him going back to Anaheim anymore. No, I don't think so. I think he's... he's, Giants or Mariners? I hear a lot of Mariners. And actually, uh, one of our... One of our followers, Dan, mentioned he said book it right now. He's going to Seattle. That would look good. Uh, I mean, that's a young team with Teoscar coming off the books. They've got. Do you know how many people go to uh, Seattle Mariners games? They have one of the most underrated fan bases. Fan fan bases. Like, I got to pull this up, but uh, MLB attendance. I was looking at 2000 and 2001, you know, the years that they were really good. They led the league with three and a half million. That was Ichiro rookie year, wasn't it? 2001, but 2001, 2000, I think even in 2000. 2000, they, they hosted year, the All-Star game. Okay, but that doesn't really impact attendance because that doesn't get included in your yearly. Well, there's excitement the behind it, maybe. Oh, for sure. This year, they've averaged 31,753 through earlier today they that doesn't include in tonight's game but that's a really good fan base i mean they would support him just as if any other big market team i think seattle Mar- mariners market kind of gets lost because it's hidden the west coast pacific northwest but i think that they could afford them they'd get a ton of money because seattle's a big asian market too right yes. like with yep. ichiro um so that would be a great landing spot for him now, the other question I have for you, without him pitching the rest of the year, does this ruin his MVP potential, or do you still think he's the MVP? 
I still think he's MVP. Um, so the qualifiers for MVP is Otani, Seager, and J Rod, and Luis Robert too. Luis Robert's in there. Oh, so the, by the, war, the F war. Here doesn't have, it has Marcus Simeon and Bobby Witt, but doesn't have Robert or Robert Jr. So, so by by F war in the AL, six point five for Shohei, five point four for Julio, and then Luis Robert is third in the AL at five point one. The next would be Bobby Witt at four point nine. It doesn't have Corey Seager on here because he doesn't have enough qualified at bats because he's been hurt twice. But he would probably be ahead of Julio. Um, Corey Seager, the note I'm seeing here, he doesn't qualify for the leaderboards because of the injury, but his total offensive production nearly replicates Otani's numbers. Okay, let me change my... um, Your filter? Standards, my filters. Corey Uh, Seager's hitting an absurd clip, hitting nine home runs in August with a three thirty batting average. He's batting 342 on the season, 406, 641, but he's only played in 89 games. So he's got the same war as Luis Robert, but in 27 less games. Who did we just talk about that won Cy Young and MVP, but in a shortened season? So Rick Sutcliffe. Rick Sutcliffe. Um, But he didn't win the MVP. He was fourth in the MVP vote. Right. But with won the Cy Young. So I, I agree with you. I still think it's Shohei. He's a 1.1 F war over the next best in the M and the American league. He's actually the third best hitter right now. And that's another topic. So while we're on the MVP topic, we had this discussion a couple of weeks ago between Freddie and Acuna, but we've got to add a third name. And I think the ad, the name we're adding might be the front runner right now. That's what I'm reading too. He is the front runner. And that's uh, Cody Bellinger. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For those of you who haven't noticed, Mookie Betts is now the betting favorite and most likely the favorite to win the NL MVP. Do you agree with that? What are your thoughts, Michael Burns? Let me redo that. Let me just, this is for social media, for those of you listening on YouTube. Uh, We're not even going to edit this part out. So, and NL MVP, who do you have right now? In my heart, it's still Ronald Acuna Jr. The guy turns, he hits a single, but he steals second base and turns into okay. a double. He turned that, that, another base hit by the guy hitting behind him in the Braves lineup because that's going to happen. It's a run. It's an automatic run if Ronald Acuna Jr. gets on base. Okay. I, I'm close to you on that. So Mookie Betts batting 314, 408, 612 slug. Ronald Acuna, 335, 417, but 570 slug. So Mookie's slugging more because Mookie's got seven more home runs. Mookie has scored seven less runs. Acuna has 119 runs. Mookie has 112. But Mookie's driven in 94 from the leadoff spot. I feel like is Mookie just not getting the attention because Freddie was overshadowing him to start the year, well, or why is it so speaking quiet? Freddie, Freddie's in the ch- the chance for this too. You know, Freddie just hit his fiftieth double. It's a record 50th. for most doubles. Fiftieth in franchise, I think it's the Dodgers franchise record. Dodgers. It's franchise. August. It's August. 
He's going to hit 60 freaking doubles. In the month of August, he's hitting 370, 425, 539, 40 hits. And in August, 15 doubles. Freddie? Yes. Yeah, it's insane. And then Mookie, since the All-Star break, is hitting 395, 472, 669. Remember we were talking about J-Rod? 192 WRC plus? Mm-hmm. Mookie is 210. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know if you can this. tell. I closed my eyes there because in anticipation of that. 210, you said? 210. So that means he's 110% better than the average baseball player since the All-Star break. His strikeout percentage since the All-Star break, 13.9. His walk percentage, 11.7. He's got a 472 OBP. 10 bombs, 40 runs, 32 driven in, 13 doubles. So he's got 23... Extra base hits since the All-Star break. That's a month and two weeks. I never thought that I never thought that Acuna had it. We're gonna lose it. I thought it was him his to win. Freddie, when we talked about Freddie, it was like, oh yeah, Freddie's getting yeah. close, but Acuna's still gonna pull it out. Now now all the notes I keep scrolling through here is Betts is the front runner and is behind and Acuna is behind him by a significant margin. So on FanDuel Sportsbook, as I look at it now, of course, there's different shops. There's different books. There's going to be different odds. But I like to go to FanDuel because they're probably the more consistent betting site. Ronald Acuna is still the favorite at minus 150, but Mookie is plus 110. And as I said that, Acuna just went down to 140. So that makes him closer to Mookie than the minus 150. And then Freddie Freeman is at plus 2,000. And Matt Olson, who's going to have 50 pumps this year. Matt Olson's going to hit 50 home runs and not even get close to a top three vote. Nope. Because Freddie... And guess what? They all play each other tomorrow. The four-game series between... And our boy Smooth is going to be there. So, Justin, have fun. Go bring home a W for your Braves. But... uh, yeah, Acuna, Betts, and Freeman. Those numbers—I mean, the numbers here that you're seeing on your screen are ridiculous. Here's the thing: I know WAR is not the end-all, be-all, but it generally tells you heavyweight. It generally tells you who is the more important player to a team and who brings a better, a more likelihood to bring wins right wins above replacement how many wins does he add to your team Mookie's at 7.5 Freddie Freeman is second in all of baseball at 6.6 and then Acuna's at 6.5 it goes Mookie Freddie Acuna and you know Mookie has played outfield second base shortstop and shortstop so he's providing more value there because he's adding in different spots on the field. I've heard that people are discounting Freddie because he's a first baseman, but he's a gold glove first baseman. So who's your take? I, I, who's your bet from here from here on August 30th? Uh, if you're giving me Mookie, Mookie's number just changed as I look at it now. It's now plus 105. I would bet Mookie at plus 105 because to me – You've got a much better chance at making money. And Corbin Carroll almost just robbed a home run. He robbed it. He caught it, but it was not over the fence from Jason Hayward, of all people. Um, I'd be betting Mookie. If you can find plus money on Mookie, there's a lot of value there. 
But a month ago, Mookie was plus 600. Now he's plus 100, and in some spots, he's a minus player. Minus means you pay more to win $100. So plus 105 right now, you're making $1.05 on every dollar that you pay. For Acuna, for every dollar and 40 that you pay, you only win a dollar back. Now, look at it this way. Do you where, where would the Dodgers be without Mookie? Do they have this great second half run without Mookie? No, without either him or Freddie. Well, I don't him think or Freddie. Th- so, so individually, Freddie. if you just remove just Mookie, but you keep Freddie, they're good, but they're not. They're not a huge what they are. Where I think the Braves. I mean, this isn't trying to discount the player necessarily, but if you move Cunha, the Braves are still pretty damn good. Oh, that, there's not a hole in the Braves lineup. Right. I don't think. So that's kind right, of hard comparison. Here's my comparison: Acuna was out the year they won the World Series. <laughs> right? They just had like, unbelievable runs right, they with no, Jock I'm not, I'm not and Jorge. But yeah, I, 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 I was fully on board with the Acuna's going to win MVP a month ago, two months ago. I tried to make the argument for Freddie a couple weeks ago because of what Freddie was doing. But Mookie, he's, does, he's doing it all. He's going to be a gold glover in right field. He probably wins the gold glove over Acuna. Because did you see Acuna's mishap enough? And speaking of Acuna, we'll get to him even more here in a later. But I mean, he's not as sound defensively as I think Mookie is. Mookie just overall, regarding by defensive war, I've had, um, I've had conversations with Braves fans who wonder if Mookie's not Mookie uh, Acuna's flashiness could get in the way. See, I don't think people take that into We're, consideration so i'm looking at fan graphs they've got a defense and an offense i don't know how it all adds to the war but when you look at defense out of the t- the players with the highest war mookie is a point one. shohei is a minus 14 acuna is a minus 9.7 so what that's saying is acuna is more of a negative on defense because julio's a 6.6 luis roberts a 9.1 when i click on defense to give you the best defense jonah heim is the best sean murphy so i think this weighs more towards catchers because they impact the game more because the first four are all catchers and then dansby swanson is number seven which just tells you how great, great dansby's been and then number eight is cal raleigh and then Francisco and Bobby Witt. So even Javier Baez is at 12th at the defensive at 11.6. Hey, he's, making, so, he's positive somewhere. So Ronald Acuna defensively is hurting the team, and I think that that's where he's losing value. So if I'm given a vote right now, I'm saying Mookie. I do think what Acuna's doing is incredible. I mean, the dude's going to have a 30-60 season by the end of the weekend, most likely, he's going to hit a pump against the Dodgers. So he's at twenty nine sixty. That's kind of like then Luis Arias. You're like Luis Arias is a great player because he's hitting near four hundred, which is now right. like three fifty. But right. is he really that great? Is Luis Arias, you know, just because he hits singles, do you right. want the? Is he a great player that you want on your team? Is a difference maker in your team? I don't think so. Yeah, if you removed Ronald, I think you're still winning as many games. What, what, I, meant, what, if, I, what I meant is, is Acuna is a, is a difference maker. For a guy mm-hmm. like he, 
what, what, what we're talking about here is basically as Mookie has the five tools, Acuna is missing that one tool of the fielding. Right now, I think he cannon. could be a. I think he could be a Gold Glover. Has he won a Gold Glove before? I don't know. I have to look at that. Um, but he's got the potential. I just don't think he's been the better defensive player this year. And I think if you're going to stack him up offensively, they're almost even in my mind offensively. And then I lean towards Mookie because he's been the more consistent and better off um, defensive player overall and all around. No gold gloves. Speaking of no gold gloves, I think he'll win one at some point. I think Mookie's probably going to win it this year. That would be my guess out in right field because now it's not an outfield award it's a positional award it used to be they would t- normally just take all he's a six-time go glove <laughs> there you go uh so he provides more when it comes to um fielding so a guy who i want to talk about also an mvp in the past mr bryce harper He's had a hell of a month of August. He hit another home run today. 300th career home run, Bryce Harper. Huge moment. Bottom of the eighth. Puts the team up. The Phillies would go on to lose the game. Sorry, Phillies fans. But (laughs) Bryce Harper is finally looking like Bryce Harper. I think he's finally feeling like himself. Bryce Harper always comes through in the second half. Always. He he is Mr. August slash September. I feel Mm -hmm. like he always picks it up and... You wonder if he rushed it back a little bit with that elbow. Because he Maybe. hit, but he didn't hit for power. And these home runs he's hit the last three days are missiles. I mean, they Cannons. don't leave the camera. Usually if a home run you know, goes up into the sky, yeah. these things are piss rockets, dude. They are nuts. He's been the fifth most valuable player in baseball in the month of August coming into today. So Fangrass doesn't include... The statistics, but he just hit his tenth home run this month. He's coming into today batting three sixty six, four fifty five, slugging seven forty or seven seventy four. That is ridiculous. That's second best to only Mookie Betts in the month of August. Mookie, you read Freddie Freeman's stats in August. I want to read you Mookie Betts's four fifty two, five oh nine, eight oh eight, eight oh eight twenty slugging twenty. 808 slugging. So that's a 1317 OPS. 1.317. Where Bryce's is 455, 774. So that's quick math. 50, 50, uh, that's 80 points less. And he's got the second best in baseball. And then Julio, Marcelo Zuno from the Braves, and Adam Duvall, who just won an uh, AL Player of the Week. But Harper's been the second best slugger in the league in the month of August behind Mookie. He's, he, I think he's carried the Phillies, but I would say he's carried the Phillies, but th- have you seen what the Phillies have done this month? Trey Turner. Not only Trey Turner, Nick Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber's got 10 home runs this month. You see Does that they're really? going to finish. So today they hit three more home runs. They they don't play the rest of the month because August 31st. The team finished with 59 home runs in the month of August. That is the second most ever by a NL team in any month ever. You know who they're behind? No, I don't. The, the Atlanta Braves from June who hit 61. <laughs> so the two most homer months ever in MLB history or NL League history came this year by the NL East leading Braves and the second team in the NL East, the Phillies. But 59 home runs this month. 
you had Harper with 10. You had Schwarber with 10. I think Castellanos had eight. I think Turner had six or seven. Then you had Stott and Bohm. Uh, they're put, putting home runs out left or right. And that Phillies team's a force to be reckoned with because they've got a pretty sneaky good rotation with Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola. Tywin Walker's been, been sneaky good since. Yeah, Ty, uh, Tywin Walker. You got Michael Lorenzen, and then your fifth starter is Ranger Suarez, and who has World had Series a experience. spot starter do pretty well too. Christopher, yeah. C-R-I-S, yeah. Christopher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll just call him Christopher. But that Phillies team, we're hoping them that so they have a good weekend this weekend as we Cubs were, fans. Uh, they're, they're playing the Brewers? Yeah, they're playing the Brewers. Yeah, so call Bryce Harper, Mr. O- Mr. August. Mr. He's, August? He hits in every other month he hits under 300, except in August in his career. He's hitting 304 with 65 career home runs in the month of August. No other month does he have 60. Close in fifty six in March and April, but well, you saw who he hit his home run for yesterday, right? Like who who he hit it for? Yeah. What do you mean for? If you haven't seen the story, it's the funniest freaking thing in the world. No, he hit it for Chuck. For Chuck, huh? Yeah, Chuck. It's a listener of one of the radio stations in Philadelphia that Bryce was listening to. <laughs> because I was listening to the radio, I don't, I don't know W E W S or something like that. Because I I listen every time. And Chuck called in. And he's a fired up Philly fan, and I love him. He calls in almost every day. I listen almost every day. And I walked into the locker room yesterday, and I said, "I'm going to hit this one for Chuck." And boy, did he hit one for Chuck! Yeah, 116 mile per hour laser rocket to right center field. But yeah, the Phillies. That Phillies team, you picked them to win the World Series. I picked the Mariners to win the World Series. Both the teams we picked have had a hell of an August. The best records in baseball in the month of August, or really, I'm going back through the All-Star break, the Dodgers have the same amount of wins coming into tonight. If they win tonight, they'll have more wins than the Mariners. But they both have 31 wins. You know who's in third since the All-Star break? In third is the Mariners. No, the Cubs are in third. Oh, excuse me. The Seattle Mariners are in second. The Cubs are 29 and 15 since the All Star break, tied with the Orioles. And then I believe fifth is the Astros since that point. But uh, very fun stuff there. You see that on the graphic on the side of your screen. But yeah, um, the Phillies, I think, are a team to be reckoned with if well, they're going to make the playoffs at this point. I think they've got a pretty good shot. They're, they're going to have to go on an epic collapse over the next couple of weeks to not make the playoffs. But they're hitting well. Kyle Schwarber's got a potential. Kyle Schwarber's got the potential to be the first player to have 40 home runs and a negative war in a season. Um, have you seen that? <laughs> yes, I have. Yes. That's sad. It sucks. I love Kyle. But so the the Phillies, they're playing the Brewers this weekend. The Brewers just came off of a big series with the Chicago Cubs. I know we're going long on this podcast, but I want to talk about this real quick. Cubs and Brewers, I think this was a big series. We saw a lot out of the Cubs here in the last two days, pitching-wise. Between Justin Steele and Kyle Hendricks, your two best pitchers at this point. But this was a huge series for the Cubs because now they head on to Cincinnati, and I'll be at two of the four games this weekend because they've got a doubleheader on Friday. But what do you think that this does for the Cubs? In the, they're still three games back in the division, but what do you think of the series as a whole, and what do you think the series meant altogether? I think the Brewers were a team – that were recognized as a playoff contender, a good team. And the Cubs came in and said, 
we can compete with these good teams. We're not just going to beat up on bad teams. We can not only beat you, but we can shut you down. We can win these close ball games. We don't have, we're not single layered. We're multi-layered. We've got the bullpen. We've got the starters to be able to compete the entire ball game. And what I love about the Cubs right now is it's back to like the 2000, like 15, 16, where if the Cubs go down early, I still have faith that they're going to score in the late in the late innings. That's how it felt on Monday, and they were getting shut down uh, by Wade Miley. And they lost, I think, ultimately six to two. I had bet the over nine, or eight and a half, so I was kind of upset there was not another run. Um, <laughs> it looked good, six runs in the first two innings. I was like, oh, cash that Easy money, money. But they just beat the Brewers' two best pitchers, Burns and then Woodruff, from back to back days. They only scored. What, a total of four runs between those two games? But yep. they only gave up a total of two. two runs in those two games. They shut out. that. They got some help from the weather because that wind was howling in today. But still, I mean, that's a big win. And I think that carry – this is a huge series in Cincinnati. And what I also want to say with the Cubs is by winning three, uh, two out of the three, I think they're tied in the season series with the Brewers in games one apiece. Because okay. I think they uh, they have got the same amount because they played a three game, a four game, and a three game, and they end uh, the season in Milwaukee. So they've got a potential to take the tiebreaker, which would be head to head, since they're tied right now. They need to win the series in Milwaukee to end the season, but that puts them in a spot to hold the tiebreaker. And if you go in and win three out of four in Cincinnati, you gain a game on the well, you not gain a game, but you extend your lead on the. Uh, on the Reds by two games. Right. I, I, I think being three games back and four games back, it doesn't say, it's only one game, but I think it's a big difference. It's a different hill to climb. And if the Cubs win four out of the – if they if the Cubs were to sweep this weekend in Cincinnati, they will hold the tiebreaker over the Reds as well. So that's going to be a huge series in Cincinnati. I think the Cubs win three out of four. The one thing that scares me is the starting pitching – they do have Jordan Wicks, who got called up this past weekend. What a performance. Right. Rookie debut. First three batters. I was shitting my pants. Yes, it was. I mean, the first, second pitch of the game when it went over, and then he couldn't locate. It's like he was scared, you know. Oh, my gosh. Are these major leaguers going to put the ball over that easily? Yeah. And then Brian Roberts. Oh, not Brian Roberts. Um, Brian Probably. Reynolds. Uh, Brian Reynolds hit a 100-plus mile-per-hour rocket on the second batter of the game, and then he walked McCutcheon. And from there, 15 up, 15 down, and nine pumped, or nine strikeouts. So, like, a hell of a debut. That's what the Cubs have been missing for years, is a starting pitcher other than Justin Steele that they've developed, right? Like, that's been the knock on the Theo era. You never developed any pitching, and they finally have developed two starters, potentially, and Alzali, who's not your closer. So I, we could talk Cubs all day, and maybe we'll do a podcast down the road, and maybe even next week. Uh, strictly Cubs-related. Sorry. And Brown's almost ready. Kate Horton could come up and compete right now. So real quick, make a quick prediction. PCA up or down in September? Uh, down. You're gonna, you don't think he comes up in September? No. Matt Mervis come up? I actually think Canario could come up. You think Canario? So there's two spots. Uh, for those of you who don't know, starting tomorrow, September 1st, rosters can expand from 26 to 28. Only one of them can be a pitcher. 
The other one has to be a player of the infield, whether it's an infield, outfielder, whatever. You have to bring up one position player, one pitcher if you're going to bring up players. You can't bring up more than one pitcher. I think that at some point they bring PCA up, maybe late September. It depends on how Iowa's doing because I think Iowa's got a shot at the playoffs. I think you want to get him playoff experience every day at bats, but you bring him up once that season's done to get him experience in the big leagues and potentially have him as an everyday starter next year. The arms are the question mark for me. Who's the arm you're going to bring up? Ben Brown's supposed to throw bullpen this weekend. But is he on – he's not on the 40-man. I don't think so. But he was in the conversation to bring up for I think since Wicks. they brought Wicks up, we're not going to see Ben Brown. You've got Brad Boxberger coming off the IL. You've got Birdie coming off the IL and Hughes mm-hmm. coming off the IL. Those are oh, three. Hughes is coming. Hughes is coming. As a lefty, that's yes. the guy that they leaned on to be their lefty at the start of the season. And I think he's got a fresh arm. If he's healthy, there's your secret weapon in the playoffs or in the late end of the season, a lefty reliever that they haven't had. They don't have a lefty reliever. They've got Drew Smiley and Mark Leiter Jr. Mark Leiter Jr. is a right-hand pitcher. Yeah, I'm I'm looking up how Kate Horton pitched tonight uh, yeah, for double. I was watching part of it uh, against the Shuckers. He went five mm-hmm. innings, seven Ks, only three hits, only one walk. Yeah, there we go. Maybe he, back in he, he might be starting next year. He he will be starting next year. Yeah. It's it's just when, but so two things I want to touch on real quick, and then there's one more thing I really want to dive into. Clayton Kershaw just made history last night. Uh, 209th career win, but 209th career win with the Dodgers, which ties him with Don Don Drysdale for the second most in Dodgers franchise history, which is a huge feat. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about is Ronald Acuna. We already touched on a lot of his statistics earlier, but I want to give him his flowers. First player to steal 60 bases in a season uh, since D. Gordon did it. I think it was 2017 the last time. He's most likely going to get 80. I think he could get 20 in the next month. He could get, he'll get to 70. That's for sure. He's going to have yes. a 35-70 season in my mind. He's going to hit another six home runs. If he has a hot month, he could hit up to 40. If he hits, if he goes 40-40, he'll win the MVP. Oh, if he went 40-40, absolutely. Yeah, but that means he's got to hit 11 more home runs, and I don't see him hitting 11 home runs in the month of September. But crazier things have happened. But the thing I really wanted to talk about, more news that came out last week. I believe it was last week, Thursday, it dropped. Steven Strasburg is going to be announcing oh, yeah. his retirement, I believe, on September 9th. So my question to you, again, not editing okay? this this week. Yeah, yeah, I just hit the – I'm animated. <laughs> I'm animated about this topic. So Steven Strasburg is likely to retire. He's going to announce his retirement. I believe they're talking September 9th is they're going to have the, the, uh, the press conference. So Steven Strasburg, number one overall pick, 2009. Do you think he was a bust? He came out, no. he shoved, he went, went healthy. The dude, I mean, looking at 2002, he came up in 2010. Mm-hmm. 2012 was his first full season, uh, you know, 159 innings. He did 200, nearly 200 strikeouts for three consecutive years. Um, when he was healthy, he was a force. It's just the nature of pitching. 
to, it'd be for me it, it, if a pitcher has like Madison Bumgarner four great years, mm-hmm. he was still great. Tim Lincecum, yeah. you know, he didn't ride off. Tim Lincecum was great. Steven Strasburg yeah. was great. So they paid him two hundred plus million dollars, and he's made eight starts since then. Yeah, that's harsh. That's hard. But yeah, you, that's like, you kind of look at that like they shouldn't have done that. Right. I think they were trying to make right. He was the World Series MVP for a team that won the World Series in 2019, right? Like the lasting image should be him holding the trophy rather than the struggles he's had on the mound in what the, I and, think he's thrown like 31 innings since he got hurt or since he got the contract in eight starts. And he's had like an ERA over 10 in those eight starts combined. I hate that that's how we're seeing Strasburg. I just think he had more hype around him than any starting pitcher since Mark Pryor coming out of the draft. Don't you think? Right. He, he was one of the first guys to ever have the talks that he would skip all minor, be drafted and go right to the major leagues. It's the yeah. first time I'd ever he, heard of that. He didn't do it, but he was close because he came up a year later after he got drafted. Um, and I remember that debut. I think he struck out 10 players, uh, 10 batters. I mean, it was a hell of a debut. He had a 2.91 ERA in his first season in 2010. He only pitched 24 innings in 2011 because I think he had surgery, didn't he? Didn't he get hurt? 24 innings, but he had a 1.5. In his career, a 3.24 in 1,470 innings. And out of that, he had 1,723 strikeouts. And that's just in his record, 113 and 62. Like you said, he was an ace when he was here, when he was healthy. In 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19, and 19. he won. 19 was his most win year. Yeah, 18 and 6, yeah. 209 innings, the most innings he's ever thrown. So you got to yep. think that he's the most strikeouts he's had in a year. So mm-hmm. uh, you don't, do you blame the Nationals for giving that contract? I mean, he was... No, I mean, they best year. You thought he's passed it. Yeah. Uh, He had been healthy. He had thrown more than 130 innings in four straight seasons. He'd only thrown 250. See, I'm having a hard time getting past the word bust because he was built up to be so, like, he was built up to be the next generation's Nolan Ryan, right? Bryce Harper. Well, they back to back drafts, number one overall, both. 09 and 2010. It went yeah. Strasburg and then Harper, 09 and 10. But to the same team, no less. But I Do they win I the World to... Series without him? No, no, they don't. He was the MVP. MVP, of course. I mean, um, the World Series MVP. I just saw a statistic the other day. He has the best ERA amongst pitchers in Major League Baseball who have pitched in 50 innings or more in the playoffs. Postseason career statistics. His ERA in 55 in a third inning, 1.46. The next best player, Madison Bumgarner, 2.11. He had double the innings. And then Kurt Schilling, El Duque, Orlando Hernandez, and then John Smoltz and Dave Stewart. Those are your six best players regarding ERA so- all time. Take out Strasburg's last three years. Let's say after 2019, he retired. He didn't sign a new contract. Is he still a bust? No. I think so, it's the injuries the last couple of years, and he can't control the injuries. So I guess you're right. So take out Chris Bryant's Colorado history. Is no, Chris he's still Bryant a bust. bust? He's still a bust. Not for the Cubs. Not for the Cubs. 
No, right. That's what I'm saying. He, Take out the Colorado. Say just his seven years was Chris Bryant a bust with the Cubs. He won a rookie of the year. He won an MVP. He was, should have won another MVP in 2017 because he had the stats that were better than 16. Then he got hurt. Not a bust, but he wasn't what he was supposed to be. And that's what I'll say about Strasburg. He wasn't a bust, but he did not. I think he was billed to be more than he ended up being. I think when he was healthy, he was him, but he was never healthy. Eight so years he, of great pitching Strasburg had, I'd say. Eight years. Eight, eight and a half. I would take So 2015, he was good, but I think he got hurt. 127 innings okay. in 2015. So did he ever win a Cy Young? I don't think he, he ever won a Cy win Young. He did not Cy Young. He only finished three times in the in the top nine. Yeah, so that's another thing. You expect him to be a Cy Young award winner. He's not a Hall of Famer, right? He's not. You draft him number one overall, you think he's a Hall of Famer. You know who's going to be a Hall of Famer in that draft? In 2010? 2009. 2009? Manny Machado? That was, that was later. Just kidding. That was the next year. That was 2010. Some guy named Michael Nelson Trout. <laughs> yeah. Who was drafted 25th, I believe. Trout and Harper weren't in the same draft? Harper was the next year. Okay. But they came up in the same season, I believe. Right. Yes. Yeah, the 2009 MLB draft. Um, I, I will say, I don't... Dustin Ackley, I think, went number two to the Mariners. He Ooh. turned out to be... Hmm, uh, so get this. Okay, here we go. Top seven pitch. Uh, top seven picks in the 2009 draft: Steven Strasburg, Dustin Ackley. He went to the Mariners. The San Diego Padres drafted Donovan Tate out of Car- Cartersville High School. Never heard of him. No clue. The Pittsburgh Pirates drafted catcher Tony Sanchez. Never heard of him. Uh, he he was uh he he played for the Pirates for a little bit. Did he? Yeah. Um. Baltimore Orioles drafted Matt Hobgood, a right-handed pitcher out of high school. Nothing. Number six to the San Francisco Giants, Zach Wheeler. Number seven. He's pretty good. Number seven, Atlanta Braves drafted Mike Miner. Number eight, the Reds drafted Mike Leak. Now, Wheeler and Miner have been all-stars. Number nine, the Tigers drafted Jacob Turner. And then the Nationals drafted at 10, Drew Storen, who was a pretty decent reliever for a while there. Other All-Stars that have been drafted behind him, Aaron Crow at 12, 17, A.J. Pollock, Shelby Miller at 19, Kyle Gibson, 22, and Mike Trout at 25. Really, that's it. James Paxton at 37, Brad Boxberger at 43, and those are really the only other real notable names. Hmm. Uh, until you get to the second round, and then you've got Nolan Arenado, second round, 59th overall, and then... That's about it. From so, there. would you, if you were to go back and you were the Nationals, would you take Nolan Arenado over Steven Strasburg, number one overall? I'd take Mike Trout. Oh, that wasn't. <laughs> yes, of course. That was part of the deal. Uh, would you take Nolan? I think yes. But you had, I think Rendon was on the team at that point, but still, you're not drafting a third base. It's not you're like not, football. not drafting. It's not right. like football, right? Right. I don't know. I'd, He's going to go into the Nationals Hall of Fame. He deserves it. Yes. Um, he's a National. He was he was great when he was healthy. I just don't think he gave them enough health when he's he Mark was. Pryor. Mark Pryor. Had that hype and hope yeah. that this was the future, and 
Of course, Strasburg had more than Pryor did. Yeah. Well, congrats to Steven Strasburg on a good career. I wouldn't call it an amazing career, but it's a good enough career. I liked him. I loved watching him pitch. I'm sad because we're not going to get to see it again because when he did pitch, like he said, he was a stud. Um, And that's going to take us into our power rankings this week. As I've mentioned at the top of the show, our power rankings are brought to you by 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. This is all a YouTube exclusive. It only drops on Mondays. You've got the link if you haven't watched it yet. It's in here, right here at the top, but also you can find it in the description below. Uh, That is 10thmountainwhiskey.com. So 10thwhiskey.com. Use promo code BNB for 10% off your order. You can also find the link to the YouTube video. So, Mikey, uh, let's get us through our top 10 power rankings this week who do you have at number 10 let's list them off real quick are you going to do evens odds or are you just going to give the first seven and make people go find the other three uh i'm just going to give you my 10 and it's the cubs (laughs) oh number 10 (laughs) i thought you were saying number one cubs number two cubs number three no i'm just i'm just giving you my my number 10 that's all that's all you're getting you're not getting nine through one you're just getting number 10 i'm gonna give you my number 10 it's the Cubs. And then I'm going to give you number five. It's the Mariners. But go check out our final top ten power rankings through the link in the description. You can even find that description on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're streaming us, or on YouTube here if you're watching. If you are, don't forget to hit the subscribe button below. Coming up, we talked about it. We teased about it earlier. Michael and I are hopefully going to be hugging and shaking hands in person next week. Why she has to go like that? Why couldn't she say, me and Michael are going to Cubs game together? You had to say hugging. Yeah, I'm going to get to hug you. I haven't (laughs) hugged you since February. I haven't seen you since February when we were in Nashville. But we're going to go at our first Cubs game together. We're going to go to two, hopefully. and then I've never uh, been to the bleachers. He's never been to the bleachers, so I'm going to introduce him to the bleachers. And also, uh, we're probably going to be able to podcast in person, and we may have something up our sleeves for next week regarding that as well. So look out for more content from us over the next week and a half or so uh, as we're going to be in person at Wrigley Field. There's going to be a lot of bourbon. We've got several bottles of bourbon to sample review that has been sent to us that will be popped open next week. So go check us out on YouTube at Barrels and Barrels Pod, Instagram, Facebook at Barrels and Barrels Pod, and TikTok at Barrels and Barrels Pod X, which is formerly Twitter at Barrels and Barrels. Email us, barrelsandbarrels at gmail.com. Don't forget to go to whiskeytowers.com. Use promo code WhiskeyWeather. Also, head on over to Momento, the app. Download it. Use the code BourbonBaseball, all lowercases. That'll get you as a beta user of the Momento app, which I think you're going to love. And if you do love it, let me know. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the app. And then also, don't forget, whiskey at 10thwhiskey.com. 10% 10% off your order. Use promo code capital BNB for 10% off your order. We are on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, and iHeartRadio podcasts. We'd love to hear your thoughts about our podcast. What do you like? What don't you like? Leave the review. Please hit the review button. Let us know. And if you like what we're doing, or if you don't like, we're, we're going to read all reviews that get put out on our podcast. So we'd love well, to I'd hear lo- I would love some hard critiques. Love it. Uh, who did we get hard critique? Kyle gave us some hard critique. The other day, um, I don't remember what it was. I'm gonna have to ask. Al Rhodes, 
Kyle Rhodes, our old buddy Kyle Rhodes. Um, so thank you to Kyle for listening. But uh, we'll talk more about all of that if you do leave us any reviews. I am Brandon. That's Michael. Thanks for joining us on this hour and probably 40-minute ride Yikes. of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. We hope you enjoyed everything. I think we had an amazing discussion. Thank you again for joining in. We are Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. High proof, high heat. Next week, it's going to be in person. There's going to be a little bit more minutia and differences to the podcast but i still think we're going to be able to bring you amazing stuff next week so thank you for listening tune in next week and on our facebook twitter all the stuff we've got graphics going out we've got shorts on youtube so go check us out there michael burns do you have anything else for our friends family viewers listeners um passerbys other yeah, than just let's we, go yeah before before i carry us out here we glasses we've glasses uh, hats this is a this is a comfy Richardson 112. White We're be on the back. wrapping it together in the bleachers next week. Heathered, gray, heathered on the front. Not just gray, gray, heathered oh boy. on the front. Freddie Freeman just hit a bomb. Oh, that went 20 rows deep into right field. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. Nope, just, just talking about our swag here. Glasses, That's right. hats, shirts, stickers, if you want to. You want to stick stick a sticker in your local brewery or something on the on the urinal wall that works great. We yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, we got to buy more stickers. I gotta go. I gotta order more stickers. But after that, one sticker. Um, Brandon, <laughs> Brandon, any other final words for us? Let's go, Cubbies. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go.